Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back to the show Breaking Down Walls. Today we have an interesting guest. Um, I've been trying to find a guest like this for a while, but as y'all know, this show works off of synchronicity, and I kind of just randomly click on profiles and check out their posts. And a couple of months ago, I came across this one Instagram page titled Blue Grass Mountain Farm. And just the title alone, I was like, okay, a farm, cool, interesting. Because as y'all know, if y'all dive into the Instagram gardening and you know, self-subsistent living and being self-reliant, that community is exploding. And so I just went down uh, this person's profile and I was like, oh shit, this is cool. She's out in the wilderness seemingly. She's growing plants. They're basically living kind of like olden times. And uh, it's funny because they actually got some pictures of them dressed up like in olden times. And uh, we're just talking right before the show. And she was telling me about how she lives and how she's trying to be as less dependent on electricity as possible. So we're going to talk to her and ask her how she got into this mode of living and how seemingly difficult it can be, but it's actually much simpler and a better lifestyle and I feel that we need to return to this type of archaic way of being because all this technology while it's nice and it can make our life easier and more seemingly productive it kind of holds us back and it kind of keeps us dependent and makes us kind of like just whine whine and cry whenever this stuff's not available so without any further ado I'd like to welcome to the show your comrade and mine Miss Casey of Blue Mountain Farm how are you doing Casey? Thank you. I'm very good. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, um, you know, it kind of all of the fast paced stuff that comes with relying on technology and everything like that. It seems really convenient, but I think it takes a lot of like the pleasure and the enjoyment out of like having a slower paced lifestyle and getting to really kind of like be present and enjoy what you're doing in the moment. Right. Right. I, I like to kind of like, uh, assimilated to kind of listening to records or like new like just plain stereo music on spotify like when you have the record it's kind of like a whole analog experience you get to feel the thing physically you're interacting with it it sounds warmer and more alive meanwhile the digital one yes it's it's available anywhere at any time but it's kind of like it loses that power that you have that connection that you have with to actually interact with something um, so yeah, Casey, that's a good analysis. That's a good comparison, I think. So right before we started recording, you mentioned you were fishing, and I think that's freaking awesome. You're with your kids. I heard that. <laughs> that's freaking cool. You... Yeah, they're out here. So tell me a little bit about they yourself, are. Casey. So what we're doing? Yes. Uh, well, this is kind of part of it, actually. Um, they enjoy it, and we enjoy it, and we have a good time with it, and it's a fun pastime. But actually, what we are doing this is going to be supper so whenever oh. we get all of these in that we catch we're going to keep them and they're going to help they help catch them we're going to clean them and they're going to help cook them and then we're all going to eat them so that's part of like the self-sustainability part as well that's awesome and uh is this a little creek by your home or where is this um this is a it's a pond so and it's it's near us it's it's not on our property but we have access to it Okay. And how often so would you're you going to get kind of bigger stuff out of here than you would a creek. Oh, okay. And how often would you say y'all eat fresh food like that? Um, I guess it depends on what kinds, like, and it kind of depends on the season too as to, you know, what's available. So we come out here and fish when it's nice and, and our, our, kids want to you know the weather is good and we do that kind of all pretty often but um it's it's not just that if you mean fresh in general like during the summer the a lot of what we eat comes out of the garden or it comes from the chickens that we have whether it's eggs or whether it's actual meat or it comes from the quail that we have or if depending on what um hunting season it is we get stuff like that as well so we try to do a lot of that just depending on what time of year it is. Okay, that's cool. Well, let's go back and let's start at your roots. What was it, Casey, that kind of maybe led you from your childhood toward this path that you're on now, like away from the city and kind of being self-reliant? Well, I've kind of always been there, really. Um, from the very beginning, I grew up on a farm. I was always active in 4-H and 
all the ag stuff and livestock and that kind of thing and FFA and the growing stuff in the garden and just trying to do it yourself if you can. Um, I mean, since I was a, a child and I just kind of always stuck with it and um, I've always kind of done it, but I guess maybe in the last five years is when we kind of like dove off into it and tried to start practicing it and doing it as much as we could, as often as we could. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you, so your parents were farmers, I guess, or they had a ranch. Yeah, we had, we had, we didn't have anything huge, but we had a, a hobby farm, but it was, it was more of like the, the lessons and the lifestyle stuff that stuck with me, mm. not necessarily like it that it was a big business or that we got a lot of money from it, but it was, it was kind of like what I learned there that stuck with me. Okay. And, and then talking also about education, did you go to like a formal schooling or did you kind of do everything at home also? Well, when I was a kid, I went to um, private school until I was in high school and then I went to public school and then I went um, to a, a local college near me when I got older. Um, I didn't even really know that um, doing what I'm doing with my kids was an option. I wish we had, but we didn't. It wasn't even, it didn't even really seem like it was a well circulated, known about thing when I was young. Right, right. It seemed like the conventional, normal thing to do was to ship your kids off to school and be... It was just what everybody did. I didn't right. even know that it was an option. Yeah, you just right. did what everybody else did. Right, and I think it's amazing how this community is exploding. So many people are just dying to get their kids out of the schooling system. And I'm sure you know about all the weird drag stories <laughs> and all that stuff that's going on. And it's it's wild to see that this is happening in front of our eyes and that people are protect that we have to have arguments with the with the teachers and the school boards that this is wrong it's it's pretty insane so to go back to you like growing up so you grew up in a essentially in a small ranch and you said you went to college did you ever go into the city to live or were you always sort of outside of it um i definitely always chose to live out outside i didn't live on campus i didn't want to live anywhere near campus i drove an hour about some on some days like to get there and it was never a a, a thought that crossed my mind that i wanted to do that <laughs> hmm. that's awesome um what do you think it is about people because I, I wanted to kind of get your perspective of maybe you were in the city and you got tired of it but what do you think? That well, I can tell you what happened. You were talking about the school stuff. I've seen both sides of it because I went to private school, then I went to public school, then I went to college, and then I taught for a while. Okay. And um, it, you know, I haven't. I mean, I'm, I'm not fresh out of school or anything, but I haven't been out for that long. And the amount that the atmosphere has changed between when I graduated high school, which was in 2009, and now, it's an entirely different planet. And even from when I stopped teaching, I taught high school, I taught high school science. Um, it's just, it's outrageous, like how how things have just like snowballed and it just it's just kept going and going to where we're now at the point that we are now. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so what was it that made you decide to do teaching? You always knew or did you kind of fall into well, it? Um, I thought about doing um, Department of Natural Resources for a while and doing like the wildlife division, which I would have basically been a game warden. And so I've always had like my head in the science stuff, whether it was life science or whatever. But I loved basically teaching even when I was in 4-H and FFA if I had opportunities to do that I did and I um I thought that maybe I could put those two things together since the uh, Department of Natural Resources stuff didn't pan out mm -hmm. so I went to the college near where I live and I majored in biology and then I had you know the education classes that I took as well because I thought that that would you know be a good way I could stay involved in the community like I was with um, the clubs that I was in in high school and uh, I enjoyed it I enjoyed the actual teaching part with the kids doing the stuff with the kids but it got in the last couple of years to where everybody had their nose and stuff they wanted to tell you what to do how mm -hmm. you had to do it things you couldn't do that, that were different than before 
And it, it got to where you couldn't do your job without somebody having a, a say in it. Mm. And um, it, it, all of the fun was just taken out of it after that. Oh, wow. That's sad. Yeah, growing up, I really thought about being a teacher because I, I love just sharing information and helping people Right, grow. exactly. And, and when I looked into it, I kind of realized that teachers have to follow curriculums. And then I was like, well, I kind of want to teach kids. Yeah, of course, I want to teach them the basics of math, science, English, all of that. But then I also want to teach them things about actual life and things that you actually need in life. Because when you think about it, I, I don't use anything I learned from school. I don't remember using anything well, other than I mean, the math. Well, I mean, it's true. It's right? true. And, and I, I taught for seven years in high school and then a couple years through college. They have you do that, that too as well. You're just under guidance. But I'll tell you, 90% of what you do there, and I hate to say it, but it's true, it's um, it's just to fill up your time because they're having to babysit you until their parents get off work. Right. And it's sad, right. Right. but it's it's filler. It is right. because what the class that I taught, um, some of them that I taught were the ones that you had end of course tests and you had to do like the, the national tests. So you had to go, like you're saying, by a very specific curriculum. Um, and those, the only reason you're teaching all that stuff is because they want a good score on the test because it makes the school look good and then they get funding for it. Right. So that one, it's, you're exactly right. It's a ton of stuff that you never, ever are going to use. You never, ever need to know it again except to pass the test. Now, when I started teaching classes that were electives, you could basically design your own class. And I tried as much as I could to incorporate what you're talking about. Um, things that actually mattered that you needed to know that would be important um, because you're not having to teach to an end of course test and that's not the only point of the class. Right. So those you have a little more flexibility and that was nice and you could tell when the kids came in there it was like it was like a break for them and they could actually enjoy it. Right, right. It's so sad my daughter like before she started school now she's a but when she was first going you know she kind of liked it but now it's kind of like she hates it and she's kind of tied in education with schooling so it's kind of hard to get her to want to learn things now and it's sad because she's been kind of programmed to to learn that schooling is boring and it sucks and it's true kids don't want to sit down they want to learn like you said move around i remember in high school we they had do. we had home ec and they taught us kind of how to raise a baby kind of how to run a house I, yeah i took that when i was in school and it was it was actually valuable stuff but that's um I don't even know. If, I mean, I'm sure there are certain places that do that, but a lot of the places that I taught or student taught, they didn't have anything like that. It wasn't an emphasis because you don't get any funding for it because there's no test for it. Right, right. But I mean, the sad thing is, and I hate to see it, it when you when the little kids go into school at whatever level they enter in, they're excited and they want to know and they're all up in your business and they want to see what you're doing and they want to see what the other kids are doing and they want to try it and they they're so full of like life and they're excited and right. and as you go that gets just snuffed out right yeah I know. and all of that like desire for them to learn and to be in engaged and it's just it just goes away because of how the educational system it has kind of structured everything that they have to do right and it's sad because like you were saying kids are natural they're curious they're, they, they are they're natural scientists they want to figure everything down but like when you want to sit them down and force them to listen to something that they don't want to listen to it's like you're you're killing that curiosity in them and then later they grow up you to are at the lessons they're like all they want to do is now be on tiktok and screens and it's all kind of i feel it's designed like this in a way um, but talking, you said you were a biology biology teacher. I wonder how that goes now in school because of all of the gender <laughs> stuff that's going on. Like, I wonder if they even bring well, that up. I I can't imagine, and I'll I'll tell you this. Um, when I decided to quit, um, it was probably I don't know, maybe it was kind of at the very beginning of when all of this stuff started happening. When um, it was the year before the pandemic, and all of this had started to kind of like rear its ugly head a little bit and they had started in our school that I taught telling us you must allow this certain students to use this certain bathroom 
and it was in the teacher's lounge, which was supposed to be locked because there were state tests and scantron machines and like your bags and your personal stuff that stayed locked in there. So it was safe during the day and you didn't have an option. They had a key to go in there because they didn't want to use the girl's bathroom and the boy's bathroom. And I, myself and some of the other teachers that worked there kind of saw the writing on the wall, I guess, as far as what was about to happen, because once, in my opinion, once things like that, you let a little tiny trickle through, Mm -hmm. it just gets bigger and bigger and it grows and then the floodgates open and you have what you have now, because if you don't say no in the beginning, there's your precedent. That's your precedent. Well, you said so-and-so. And now you got to let everybody do anything that they want. So I saw what was about to happen. And I know myself, and I know that I probably would have gotten fired for something. So I went ahead and quit. And before any of that got started, because I was not about to make any of my students do anything or put up with anything or be okay with anything that they were not, um, the, as far as the ones that were not okay with this happening or were not okay with people coming in their bathroom that shouldn't have been in their bathroom and not feeling like they were pressured to not say anything um, or not disagree with it. I wasn't about to enforce anything that I was not okay with like that. So I just quit. Mm. And that year, um, probably more than I have ever seen in my, I mean, you know, I only taught seven years, but still, I saw more people quit and leave that year than any other year that I have been anywhere. Mm. People just like saw that they needed to get the heck out of Dodge and they did. Mm. Wow. Wow. And it's sad that it has to come to that, man. And, and the, I mean, it really is. And then the same thing happened in the nursing and medical industry. A lot of people quit when they saw that they were going to start mandating the vaccines. And it's like, man, they're really huh. trying to destroy America, it seems like. Well, I think, and this is just me, I think that if you can weed out the people that are or are not going to draw a line in the sand and stick with it, then that um, really reduces the fallout that you're going to have from trying to force people to do something that they don't want to do. If you get rid of all the people that will stand up for themselves and what they believe in, then it's a lot easier for you next time. Right, right. Well, that's the whole thing, too. That's why they're trying to destroy the family unit and the strong male role models that are, are here for a purpose. I mean, we needed males and masculinity to keep a strong household together. Someone who's willing to say, uh, no, you're not going to mess with my family. Uh, I'm going to do right. whatever I have to do. And it's like you said, they're slowly, they, this is their slow plan. They've had this plan for hundreds of years, and they slowly move the goalposts so that barely anybody speaks out. And then now, that, like, exactly like you said, this is where we're at now. So once well, I mean, it's, I agree. It's like you said, if it's, if it's little by little by little by little, then nobody notices until they're in the pot and it's boiling and you look around and everybody's figuring it out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why there's this huge mass exodus from public schools and people are trying to figure out how to do all this stuff themselves that, that has been forgotten about for a hundred years because it may be that you are going to be needing to know how to do some of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people are, I think it's gotten to the point where they're realizing, you know, this has just went way too far and I'm not okay with it. Right, right. And I always like to remind people that right now we're kind of going through a depression. And the only reason our great grandparents were able to survive was because they knew how to grow their own food, how to make their own clothes, how to fix their And they own had stuff. a local support system and people stuck together and worked together and helped each other. Right, but now people have been plucked out of that and they're now in a system mm-hmm. where if, if the trucks or some one little thing goes wrong, everything goes into chaos. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of weirded out to admit this, but I've been having dreams lately now where I'm kind of like trapped and I need to get out. And I kind of looked into it, and it's kind of like this is the psychology of feeling trapped, exactly like you, you, you don't feel safe. And I try to think about it because I, I love my wife, I love my kids, I love my job, I love my neighbors, I'm really happy. And then when I started thinking about it, I think maybe it's the fact that I'm still in the city and I'm thinking about all these things and worrying about what am I going to do in the future when stuff goes down that I'm right now really like just thinking, just sell the house and get out now because I'm, I'm 
when I was little, I used to have a lot of maybe prophetic dreams or deja vu or weird things would happen around me. And I feel like now I'm getting that calling again that shit's about to hit the fan. And it already is, but people <laughs> don't really see it. I think it all, I think it already is and it already has. And I think that it start. I think the, um, the fuse started burning when the pandemic stuff started happening. Mm -hmm. And you talking about kind of realizing like the situation that you're in or maybe the location that you're in and not being okay with it because you realize if something bad happens, how are you going to provide for them mm -hmm. and how are you going to get out of there? Mm -hmm. um, where, we, where we live right now, um, that I've never seen the market so high as when it was a, maybe two years after the pandemic. So you're still, we're still kind of like straddling it, kind of in it, kind of like things have calmed down a little bit. And people realize, you know what? I don't think I want to be locked in this apartment for months on end again with no way to get food if something happens. If the grocery store runs out, what am I supposed to do? I don't even have room for a tomato plant. Mm -hmm. I can't do anything outside. I can't go anywhere. I can't get out. I think a lot of people realized that um if things get bad what are you gonna do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the houses where we live um just absolutely just started flying off the market and people sold that didn't even want to sell because the value went up astronomically and people were giving double for places cash what wow. what the actual value was because they wanted to get out of where they were at mm, wow that, that's a good insight to see right there yeah it seems like people are flocking they're like craving just to get out of here they want to go back to an archaic world yeah spread out have some room have a little bit of land mm -hmm. and i think it goes back to the fact that you know you can't you rely on everything around you if you're if you're somewhere packed in like that you rely on the people that bring the food to the store and bring the gas to this place and and do all of that and if it doesn't happen what are you going to do you can't do anything for yourself if you're stacked in there like that in a in a city right right so let's go back to what you were talking about your teaching what did you do after you quit did you have a plan in, in mind or did you just quit well i had never really even because they were little, I guess, and we just hadn't got there. I had never thought about homeschooling them. I just knew that because I taught in the county, you know, you can pick where they go and all of that. And so I had never, I had, I had never considered it. But when all this happened, it's kind of just like everybody, you know, kind of got the wake up button all at the same time. And I realized, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not even staying here anymore because if I don't like this environment and I'm an adult, I'm not dropping my little kid off somewhere and letting letting the masses and somebody that I don't know tell them everything to think and how to think and, you know, what to believe. So I quit. Um, they stayed home with me and I started trying to figure out, okay, I've lost this huge stream of income. What am I going to do? Um, and it turned out that I had a lot of um, friends and family members that wanted to do the same thing with their kids but didn't think they'd be able to make it on one income. So I teach um, their kids as well. So they know where their kids are at and they know that they're in a good environment and they're still able to work because they had to, even though they wanted to homeschool their kids, I do it that way. They could still go and make the money that they have to make. That took care of the income that was going to be gone, um, which actually it wasn't that much of a loss because now, and I don't know if it's just because the county that we were in, um, if you wanted them to have any kind of enjoyment or fun or, or do anything that required extra material, it came out of your own pocket. The school doesn't, they're not going to fund all this stuff besides, especially if it's an elective class and they're not getting that money back out of, out of test scores at the end of the year or whatever that you're not getting a lot of funding for what you do. You go buy it. Right. So by the time everything evened out, I was able to have my kids at home, help other people out that didn't want to send their kids to public school. And the money wasn't even really missed. Wow, that's amazing. About how many kids were there? Um, that I, over the years, have taught? Yeah, no, yeah, homeschooling. 
when, when you were doing it. Pro- so, um, I have, I try to keep the group small and, you know, people, people move and kids age out and they do different things. I've had all, t- not all together at the same time. Um, gosh, I would say probably 10 or 20 different kids okay. that at some point that I've had that I've taught and I'm a, there are a lot of actually uh, one room schoolhouses that are kind of popping up where I'm at right now. And um, there are a lot of kids that go there that don't really want to do private school because it's really expensive and some people can't afford it mm-hmm. or, you know, their parents can't homeschool and they don't want to go to public school. So they go there and um, the, I have my two kids and then um, two of their cousins right now that I teach and um we go we can do whatever we want because i homeschool them and those one-room schoolhouses like to have me come and do stuff with the kids that they have so a couple days a week um we'll go to one or two different schools and i'll teach a you know a science class or do a lab or something like that and uh you kind of mix around and and we do we do stuff that way now that's awesome. Um, yeah, because the it's very fun. The, the the my biggest fear is just to leave my kids, like you said, with the state, literally at the hands of the state, and then you have all these. Schools, well, they are, yeah. And then you have school shootings, and then teachers trying to like indoctrinate kids, and it's like, man, how much how much better would it be if your kids were at the hands of somebody they knew and they trusted, and they knew had good traditional values, like. Yeah. It seems like it's just happening naturally. People are just walking away from this traditional BS that's been shoved down our throat of the things that we all just have to do because it's the narrative yeah. of what society is told to do. So Right, but that's the thing, like you don't you don't have to do anything just because that's what's normal. You know, like so many people I feel like are just on autopilot and they just do it because everybody else does it and they go drop their kids off at school and they go to work and then they go to soccer and then they do this and that. And and then at the end of the day, how many hours have you even had with your kid? Like two? Right. And then somebody else has had them the entire time and you don't know what's been said, what they've been exposed to. You don't know anything because the family unit, like you're sleeping in the same house, but you're not spending any time together. Right, right. I think kids spend more time with the school than well, what they do. They do. They're like seven, eight hours at school. Oh, for sure. And that's awake time. I mean, when you get, if you're, if you're awake an hour in the morning, you're not doing anything of, of value, right? You're running around trying to get ready. Mm-hmm. And then when you get home, they make sure that you have so much homework that you can't see straight and you can't go outside and you can't do anything. Right. So what are you getting an hour or two? Mm-hmm. I mean, two hours. Like if, if you eat dinner together and don't stare at your phone the whole time, which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. so you're not getting any time actually with your family seeing any kind of core value development or anything like that it just is non-existent right right and it's sad i've seen a whole bunch of videos of people who actually go through the gender reassignment surgery and then they're they regret it they're upset and then when they ask them well what do you think could have happened to to maybe stop this and they they often say uh they should have told me that i should have waited uh my parents should have turned off the internet uh, my parents should have actually yeah. spent time with me and make me feel valued and like I matter. And it's like, wow, okay, wow. These traditional values are that are missing is what's creating this mind in people that they don't feel comfortable with themselves. So they have to yeah. go and do something radical, and then they end up regretting to get it. any kind of attention right. or to feel like or to feel accepted or important into some kind of group. Right. And it's it's sad. It's so sad. I've seen a couple of those and they stick out in my mind because you can see the regret on this person's face and they just feel like they were at a time when they were vulnerable mentally Mm -hmm. they just absolutely got took for a ride and used as part of this agenda like as you know like the a poster child for this agenda that's being pushed and now on the other side of it they've got health problems that will never go away that they're miserable with they can't be who they actually are now because they have just been you know mutilated and now they're stuck with it and they can't do anything about it 
Right, and and to me, it's worse than someone who ruins their life with drugs because with drugs you can sober up and fix your life, but once you take right. away the ability to have children, I mean, to me, the meaning or the purpose of life is to have more life, to continue, to spread yourself. Right. And now they can't do that. That's like the ultimate smack. Like the ultimate. Oh, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Okay, so let's go back to. I want to talk to you about schooling and stuff. So I would imagine, uh, Casey, that. You don't have the same age uh, kids, so how does it work? Do you integrate the different ages, or how does that work? Um, that's something that I love about um, homeschooling them, or whatever you want to call it. There's a bunch of little, like, subcategories or whatever, but not in public school, not somewhere I'm teaching them. Uh, that's something that I really like, because if you go out into society you're not all categorized by your age. Mm -hmm. You need to know how to communicate with people that are older than you and be nice and kind and communicate to people with young, that are younger than you. And the kids that we have, and I have some other little groups that I go do stuff with during the week, the age ranges anywhere from three all the way up to like 16. And they all get along and they all take care of each other and they help each other and they do stuff together and they work together. And it's really interesting to see how different that dynamic is versus if you took five different grades of public school kids and threw them in there together, because they have just, it, it seems to me, um, it conditions you to think that anybody that is not your age is just like of no consequence to you. It doesn't right, matter. Right. Or, you know, they have their opinion or, or anything like that is just of no value to you. And the only people that you can communicate well with and the only people you can relate to are the people that are exactly your same age. Right. And I think that puts you kind of at a handicap because that's not how it actually is in the real world outside of the brick building and so when you get done with that you have no idea how to how to relate to anybody that's not exactly the same age that you are yeah man that's great that's awesome yeah that's just another way to divide people even more and yeah you're right like it would be way better to be able to learn uh, respect for the elders and to learn patience for the younger yeah. generation you know exactly Wow. Exactly. And that's something that is definitely missing when the only people that you ever have any interaction with are your exact same age. You don't have any patience for younger kids. They have nothing of value to add to you. Like you, it doesn't matter what they say or what they talk about or if they're trying to get you to do stuff like they are irrelevant and old people are just stupid and you don't have time for them. And I mean, that's really how it is. And, but, but when they grow up, in a group of, you know, a, a, no one is their age. They're all different ages. It doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. Like it does, it is of no significance to them that they are all broken up like that by age. It, it is irrelevant to them. Right. And, and then you just think about it. That's how kids have must have grown up and treated. I mean, the, all the kids from a community or village must have grouped together and just kind of taught it, each other sure. themselves. And now humans in this modern age, they want to force straight lines and right angles. They want to force everything to be like straight and linear. And when you try to do that, yeah. you, you can't force nature to do that. Nature is like wild and just like free. Right. I mean, nature kind of tends to disorganization, right? And we have this habit of trying to like put everything in little boxes and stuff. And right. that's just not everything does not work like segregated and separated from each other. That's just not how things function. Right. And then with that, you can also see within that the agenda they're trying to force on us, basically trying to turn people into robots. They want everybody to be identically the same, believe the same things, think the same things. Yeah. And I think it's the variability in humans that makes us so amazing and special that we can, I don't know, lean towards so certain things, become professional at certain things, while others become very creative, artistic. And I think that's the yeah. beauty in humanity. It takes all kinds of kinds to do everything that has to be done. Right, right. So, okay, another question about the schooling that I wanted to ask. Uh, do you have to, like, also follow the curriculums that are set for teaching? So, it, um, where we live... It, you know, it's different within every state. Some states are really um, strict and you kind of have to go by a whole lot of different rules. Um, and some states, it's really relaxed and you basically just have to declare that you're homeschooling. That way they know where the child is at. 
and they're accounted for and they're not just like floating around in the ether somewhere and they don't know where this minor child is at. But um, where we are at in Georgia, there um, it's, I would say that it's pretty relaxed. You basically have to meet so many hours or the equivalent of every year. That way, you know, it, it catches the, the few people that, that might just say that they were doing it and then drop out or whatever and mm. not actually complete any kind of education. But for the most part in Georgia, you can, there are subjects that you have to do, but beyond that, you can pick whatever curriculum that you want. Okay, cool. You can pick anything or you can do it yourself. Like if I had the time to do that, that'd be fun to do because I'm used to creating curriculum because I taught for so long and sometimes you can't find the things that you want. So you just make it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a lot of different options for homeschooling curriculum and they're all really, they're all really good. It just depends on what learning style that your child has and, and mm-hmm. how they learn best as to what you pick, really. Wow, wow, that's very interesting. Because I've always wondered about that. Like, when I was growing up, there was always, like, tricks or little little hacks you can do to learn things way easier. And yeah. it's, it seems to me, like, throughout, ever since the beginning of this new Prussian way of educating kids, it's been the same forever. You would think it would evolve or the best teachers or the best guides would develop systems that would help people just memorize or learn things way better but to go back to what we were talking about in the beginning it seems like all they want you to learn is how to pass test because really what well, i think about that's, it that's the only issue right so i because like like i said there's little tricks you can do to learn like how to do fractions and it would be amazing like people who were really good at developing curriculums or concepts or ways of learning these things would come up to the surface and be like superstars or rock stars because in my mind teachers should be up there in par with doctors and like the saviors of humanity i mean it's an it's definitely an important job i think that i mean really if if you're going to to screw a generation up mess up you know mess up how they learn and what they learn i mean that's one way to do it Mm -hmm. but i think also the reason that we've not seen any kind of, you know, creativity and any kind of new, new things like you're talking about, like, you know, we had, we had songs or we had whatever, you know, to help us memorize stuff. All the creativity is gone. It's just been mushed out of everybody. Like, like I was saying, like when I taught, there were so many cool things that I wanted to do that I knew that they would love, that they would be engaged in and excited about. And you can't do any of that stuff. Could you you, you have to get example? certain things approved and they'll tell you no. Could you give me an example of what maybe you try to try out? Um, well, when I taught zoology, everybody loved that class. Everybody wanted to take it. It was always full. There was always people that didn't get in that were mad that I had to take it next time. Because I tried to do as much hands-on, exciting stuff that was relevant to the curriculum as we could. We went outside, we did labs, we went to the, you know, the creek and did like uh, surveys of the species and we went on walks and all kind of stuff. And that's fun because that's what they want to do. It's outside. They're not stuck in a building all day. They're getting to do stuff with their hands and use equipment. And a lot of the labs, toward the end of when I taught and all of these things that I used to could do, um, going outside and getting in the water and, and doing the surveys with the nets and counting species or taking samples and going and looking at them under a microscope and seeing how many species they could identify or they had to, you know, draw them and we could see how many they found or whatever. Um, they stopped letting us do it. Everything that we did that they enjoyed that was creative, that was exciting and engaging, um, we weren't allowed to do it anymore. The last year that I was there, they hardly we would even let us go outside. So all of the fun stuff that we did was it was done. Couldn't wow. do it. Wow, there's there's no you can't hear that and then then not think it's not on purpose. And then you can also well, of course it was. I, I've done it. You know, nobody got injured, nobody got hurt. It wasn't like someone you know something catastrophic happened and they're like you weren't taking care of them. You can't go. Nothing ever happened. There weren't any injuries. No, it wasn't like people got got in trouble. They, I never had behavior issues when we did that because it was actually something they wanted to do. 
And they knew that I was always pulling for them to try to get stuff like that. And I never had problems with them because they knew it. There was no reason. There was, there was, there was no logical reason for us to not be able to do that stuff. Man, that is so sad. And then you can, it really was. And it, it was, it was disheartening and it was in, it was just, I don't know if it was more sad or just made me angry because I knew all the stuff that we could be doing. Hmm. And instead of that, we had to sit in there and do some dumb worksheet about something that didn't even matter because we weren't allowed to do anything. And besides like the moral decisions and stuff that had to be made where I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to make them do that. I was not going to continue to stay there and, and be part of crushing the, the creativity and the life out of, the kids that were in the class, the classes that I had. And that's another reason why I stopped. Man, that, that's sad because like you, like we're talking about, about schooling. I, I don't think I really have any deep memories of like learning something awesome while sitting in a classroom. It was mostly well, like on yeah. field trips or like actually sure. experiencing something, actually touching something. But it's like, yeah, man. because that's how your brain works and that's how kids brains work. And that's you and you remember what you enjoy not what you're like. Nobody remembers the the worksheet on the tenth day of school that they did because you hated it. Right, right, man. Uh, here, I, I had this meme I wanted to share with you. Um, I think you'd like it. It's a it's a picture of a little girls and a mom moving hay around in a little farm, and uh, the caption says, "Our homeschoolers only do two hours a day of schoolwork. The rest of the time, it's caring for animals, gardening, art, play, etc." <laughs> They're testing well above grade. Makes you wonder what they're doing in public schools all day. And it's like true. Uh, seriously, though, really. I mean, I mean, really, really. It honestly. I mean, that's that's true. But you know, the funny thing. Think about all the stuff that you know. Like, think about all the stuff that you're learning while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's actually like, what is the difference between like quote unquote schoolwork and the list of stuff that you just listed off? Well, you're actually doing something with your hands, opposed to just yeah. looking at a sheet of paper and just like not experiencing anything. And, right, you're totally disengaged when you're doing stuff like that. You learn from things that you do. So, what are some of the most fun things that you like teaching or you like sharing with your students that you feel they really get a kick out of? Um, like now yeah. or yeah, now that we're homeschooling, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, you, it gives you a lot of freedom to really follow what they're interested in. And um, in November, we do social studies throughout the year, right? And uh, we're learning about states and all that kind of stuff. But in November, when it's Native American History Month, we stop learning about whatever other social studies thing that we're doing. And we spend the whole month learning about Native American history where we're at. And they're, they love that. We do... A lot of the, um, we learn a lot of the skills that they knew. We visit um, historical sites near where we're at. We watch movies that are relevant, we read books that are relevant. And they love it because it's here and it, and it really happened. And it's, and you know, it, it has something to do with, with them and their, and their lifestyle and kind of the history of where they live at. And just things like that. Like you can, you can, pick and choose and pull what you want and find things that are engaging to them to do. You don't have to, you know, just kind of like trudge along and do the same thing day after day if you don't want to. Mm. Okay. That's cool. And then how do you, how do they, do they have some type of certification? Do they have to test or a way of proving that they're actually on par with the rest of the population? Um, so in our state, I'm, I think that it's different in every state, but where we're at, you have to, once they hit the equivalent of third grade, you have to take one national test every three years. Um, and if you think, so what is that? Maybe three or four, depending on how long they take, um, total. And I mean, you could take that many in one year in public school. So that just makes sure that, you know, like it lets you measure up and see where you're at compared to other people, but you're not spending all of your time doing that. And you're not emphasizing to them that that's what the important thing is and that that's what the focus is on because it's not fun. 
And uh, I would like to ask, maybe I don't know if you would know this, but on average, how what is the difference on the education from kids that are homeschooled to kids who are taught in either public or private schools in the cities? Um, so you mean like like a, a point difference, or you mean like in general? Like in general, about are they, are they doing better, similar, worse? Because I would imagine they well, would be doing. Well, I know better. that they usually actually test above average. Mm. If if you if you can separate it and pull it apart, they do. Um, and I think a lot of that is because they they learn to be creative and they're good critical thinkers and they're good problem solvers and um, they kind of can think outside the box mm -hmm. and, and apply experiences like that are hands on that they've had. Um, And, you know, when you feed your brain with stuff like being outside and learning through playing and art and music and everything like that, you know, your your brain works in, in a different way than somebody that is on autopilot stuck in a, in, a, in a box under the fluorescent lights all day. Like, you just kind of work and function in a different way. Right, right. Yeah, man. It, it just seems like when you talk about the modern city life, it seems so gray and sterile. But when you talk about... I mean, that's just how I... See, you know, that's just how I see it right. because of what I love and where I've always lived. I couldn't imagine, you know. I, I couldn't imagine living somewhere like that. But it's, you know, it's just me. That's just my point of view. Well, and it's actually true in studies. They've done studies where they pack rats in, like into a tight area, kind of like how yeah. it would be in a city. And at a certain point, they start going crazy. They become like start hurting themselves or attacking others or raping other rats. And it's just like, but when you spread them out and have things for them to play and, and yeah, some like, stimulation. Yes. It's not the same thing constantly. Yeah. Right. They live natural, yeah. normal lives. And it's, man, yeah. it seems like they're messing with us to such, like, they know how to play as like a guitar and it's just, it takes people to actually like think for themselves. You, you, yeah. You have to, you have to be able to do that and to kind of step out of the situation that you're in and look at it from a, like a, a different perspective. Mm -hmm. it, but it, but it takes you having the ability to be able to do that right. to see what actually is is going on and how everything is 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 like you said is being played or orchestrated right and lately i've been on a kick casey i've been watching like videos from the 90s or the 2000s and you said you graduated at 09 i graduated yeah i did 07 and when i look at oh videos, did you yes when i look <laughs> at videos from the past i'm like it's not just nostalgia you're looking at different people These people, you are. are so, I mean, like, it's 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 just kind of sad. It it's it is. It's really it's really just a different world almost okay. than it is now. Yeah, the kids are actually social. Uh, there's no cell yeah. phones, and you you can just no. look through the comments, and everybody's saying mm -hmm. the same thing. Man, times were different. The future sucks. Yeah, man. It, right. I'm like, man, it, it's sad. Like, it's true. We've traded paradise for progress, and we think we're so advanced and so progressive and, and accepting. Yeah, But people are so divisive now and so at each other's throats and. Again, like I end the show, I always say I'm so glad there's people like you out there that are thinking outside the box and are saying, no, I actually want to have a, a human experience and I don't want to be trapped in like a little lab rat. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think a lot, of, a lot of people are kind of all figuring that out at the same time and realizing, you know what, if they are in that right now, that it's not fulfilling for them and it's not what they want. And they, it's kind of hard to pull out of the system like that because... You get so used to everything, you know, that is a part of it, and you have to make a conscious effort to do it. So uh, I don't want to keep you long. Uh, are the fishes biting, Casey? <laughs> We've had decent luck. Okay. So uh, as, as we close, I'd like to ask the people. Well, first, last question I wanted to ask you. Do people have to be vaccinated? Do you have to, like, do you have to prove some type of vaccination to the state while you're teaching these kids, or <laughs> how does that work? Well, um, We didn't do that um, because I. That's that's a that's a long that's a, a long story. I guess um, if you want to go into it, I don't sure. think my phone's quite dead yet. I'll go into it. I don't mind. Okay. Um, that first of all, nobody's going to tell me what I am or I'm not going to do with my body and my kids. But you know, everybody can decide to do whatever they want to do. But um, 
something that kind of initiated me realizing that things were not what they seemed was, you know, I didn't just take education classes. I took microbiology and I took virology and, you know, I took evolution and I took developmental anatomy and all this, all this stuff that was science related in school. And things in the beginning just started not adding up. Like things that were, that people were being told versus what we had learned in school were just not this, not, they just were not the same. And so a long story short, I kind of started, stuff just would stand out and it didn't make sense because it didn't line up. And I just started kind of approaching things with kind of a questioning um, mind instead of just automatically believing whatever was spouted out of the, you know, whatever news we were watching. I quit watching the news because it was all full of garbage and none of it was accurate anyway. And I just started doing my own research and all the way up to the point of the vaccine. Um, No, you don't. That's one of the things that you know, Kemp was decent at was kind of trying to preserve what I guess your your choice as far as like employment and them not being allowed to uh, fire people or reprimand people or whatever. Now there were tons of incentives and stuff, yeah, um, but it, it, none of that affected. Um, homeschooling because you know you're in your own house Mm, that was that was something that definitely pushed me to try to be as self-sufficient as possible because once I make a decision about something like that I'm not going to change my mind and whether you bar me from every hospital and gas station and grocery store and movie theater I'm not going to change my mind and I'm not going to do it if I don't think that it's right so in my head I'm thinking I need to make sure I can do all of this myself if they tell us that we're not allowed to go in there anymore because we haven't had it. Mm. And so that is what really spurred me to try to get on growing everything that I could grow and make sure that I making sure that if it was an animal, I could either hunt it and kill it and clean it and cook it. Or if it was one that was domestic, I could raise it and kill it and clean it and cook it. Or a lot of, um, medicinal stuff can I can I forge that and can I find what I need and make what I need out of it if I'm not allowed to go to a doctor's office or anything like that all that stuff's going through my head so the whole vaccine subject that kind of spurred us to do a lot of the self-sufficient stuff that we are but for like when you do the one room schoolhouses, do you have to prove that the other kids are vaccinated no. or not? Okay. No, absolutely not. Nobody, nobody does any of that. Nobody asks anybody any of that. It's not even a, a, a topic. And I mean, you just, the, I mean, the around where I'm at, the kind of people that are going to want to pull their kids from school and not allow them to go there because of what's happening also happen to be the kind of people that most likely did not take that, would not take that, and don't give a damn if you did either. That's, that's nice. That's what I love to hear. Okay, well, that was great. I, I love talking to you. And now as I end, I love Thank to you. ask the guest, if you had the ears of the world and you could share a message, what would you say? Um, I guess from one of my favorite movies that I've watched, um, Braveheart, there's a quote in it that always stuck with me and it is your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. Mm, damn. I've never seen that movie, but I'm going to check it out now. Well, you should. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just rewatched uh, gladiator and I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. And man, let me tell you, it's really a movie about p- politics. You should recheck it out. But I, a lot, yes, that's a good one uh, with Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Okay, I'll be to check that one out. But again, thank you again for joining us, Casey. Um, do you want to? Promote, well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed talking to you. Do you want to promote your Instagram or anything that you have going on? Your schooling, how people can contact you. Um, 
Just just on the um, Instagram page that you mentioned earlier. Okay, I'll put a, lo- a, a link for it okay. on the show notes. And thank you again for what you do and for staying true and for sticking it to the man. Yes, I have I've greatly enjoyed sticking it to the man recently. <laughs> okay, <laughs> folks. So there you have it. That's Casey from Bluegrass Mountain Farms. The link will be down below. And remember, guys, you have the power to teach your kids. You just have to be willing to do it. And I know it's hard because we work, but create a community like Casey did. She found people who had similar ideas and decided to work together and figure something out. So without any further ado, that's the show. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. All right, guys, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. That was Casey from Bluegrass Mountain Farm. I will put her link down below. I thought it was really cool how when we started, she was actually out fishing, actually catching her dinner. How badass is it to have fresh, fresh food, you know, straight from the pond. But the only thing that bothers me is that they're always spraying stuff with chemtrails in the air. And so it's very hard to know if you're actually getting anything pure and clean. I always mentioned that they they did this, they pulled a fish from a very remote area. And even that fish in the remote area had microplastics in it. So, I don't know, I always come back to the idea that everything's tainted. And you would actually have to create your own, I don't know, environment enclosed with natural, you know, get clean water, get clean soil, um, have air purifiers inside, kind of like a dome. Hmm, maybe that's what we're in here, you know? That's what this whole thing is. Anyways, we're rambling. Go check out Casey. Her last name is M. It starts with an M. I don't want to give it out here. Go check out her stuff. She posts a lot of interesting stuff, like her walks, a lot of nature walks. Um, I just think it's fascinating how a lot of people are... A lot of people are already into this. I mean, this is what humanity was for all of mankind, you know, creating your own life. And now have people just have gotten so complacent to be able to buy everything at the store. But to end off here, uh, I'm actually going to end with a classical song. I've been listening to a lot of classical music, and I'm trying to learn again. I, I knew the piano a little bit growing up. My dad would always tell me, if you learn a song on the, song on the piano, I'll give you 20 bucks. And so I would spend all day, you know, just trying to learn a song. And I learned several, maybe a dozen, but it's been maybe... 20 something years since I played with the piano and I I just my sister had just found it in her garage and so I got it and I'm practicing again and I always wanted to learn this song that I never got to and this is uh, Nocturne by Chopin Chopin I don't know how you say it but um, it's a badass piano song it's an E flat major um, I used to learn how to read classical music like I played the violin for a while I can play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of piano, but um, I need to get back into it, you know, create music that elevates your consciousness. So we're going to end with this classical song. I hope you guys like it, and I hope you actually go check out classical music yourselves because it actually raises your consciousness, and, and it allows it it allows the bandwidth of thought to expand. It, it allows a bigger capacity to think. So... I hope you like the show. Go check out the links. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. This is Chopin Nocturne number two. Peace.
peace.